Can you imagine your life where money is your friend, working with you to achieve all your dreams and desires? If you struggle seeing money as your friend, then join Kathy Cook Noble, financial advisor and educator on understanding how your money can work for you. It is possible. Now, here is Financially Speaking with Kathy Cook Noble. Good afternoon and welcome to Financially Speaking. You are listening to the Inspired Choices Network and I am Kathy Cook Noble and we are going to be talking today Valentine's Day because that's coming up. We just got through Christmas and we did New Year's and for the kids that are in school, they're probably finishing up exams and getting ready for the semester. So we've had a lot going on the last couple of months and now we have Valentine's to look forward to. That's the holiday of love where everybody gets um, probably gifts or gives gifts to their significant other or they go to Valentine's dances or they book the dinner um, reservations so that they can have it in advance because you're probably booking it now or you've already booked it because they get so busy and and this is second busiest time of the year for flowers and I know some people out there just went what the second thought it would be the busiest time for flowers well where I am the in Canada the busiest time for flowers is actually Mother's Day believe it or not I always thought it was Valentine's Day too but then a friend of mine that's a florist said no no in fact it's actually Mother's Day so there you have it, a little trivia for you at the beginning. And we're going to talk today more about Valentine's Day and what do we look for in a mate. And it's all warm and fuzzy and, and wonderful. Isn't that cool? And and uh, it just makes your heart melt because you think it's all this uh, holiday of love and wonder and everybody gets all stars in their eyes. And, and, and that's great. But we have to talk about money. This is financially speaking. So what we're going to talk about today is we're going to talk about our Valentine, but is our Valentine actually good for a bank account? So finding the proper Valentine, that goes with your bank account. And does your Valentine, whoever your friend is, do they go with your bank account? Are they the perfect match for you and your bank account? And I know that might sound like it's the romance out of it, but we're going to talk today about relationships, people's relationships with each other, their relationships with money, the relationships that you as a couple need. And this isn't couples who are married. This can be any couple, whether you're dating, whether you're engaged, whether you're living together, whether you are actually married, or whether there's that one particular person you have your eye on thinking you'd like to be dating them. So we want to talk about the financial part then. Because when we're looking for somebody, it's not just are they attracted to us, but are they financially attractive to us? Are we are we interested to know them better? Are we interested in getting to um, date them exclusively? Are we interested in being married to them and staying with them for the rest of our lives? That's more than just do we think they're cute, and at least I hope it is. <laughs> and I know that when we talk about relationships, it's the first thing people say is, oh, what does he or she look like? Are they tall, dark, and handsome for the old uh, the description that sort of falls into play? But uh, are they tall, dark, and handsome? Or maybe you like blondes and blue eyes. That's fine, too thing we ask right like how tall are they um, what do they look like you know do they dress nice official stuff and I and I get it I get it we have to have a connection there has to be some chemistry and everything but when we talking about relationships with people some of the top things that the top top uh, characteristics that people start looking for there's eight believe it or not on the key qualities we'll look for in a partner 
So let's start by finding the partner. And the number one is emotional maturity. So when people are starting to look for a mate and a partner, as we do this, and it's not even conscious, but I'll bet every one of us now, when we start thinking about it, about your your, your spouse, and you start thinking about it, you're going through the list, you're going to be like, hmm, you know what? Yes, I was, but I didn't know it was called that, or I didn't realize I was looking for that. So we're looking for someone who's emotional. So what is that? That's somebody who is willing to think and themselves, who's open to reflecting on the past and evolving in the present. It's a certain someone that should be non-reactive. That's in the sense that they think before they act. So they, they're reactive and they don't get defensive and they start to really respond to what rather than just reacting. And they don't let their instant emotions rule their actions. And by that, they'll think about it, even if it upsets them or makes them a little bit uncomfortable or mad, they'll think about it and say, hmm, but maybe that's right, or or maybe I am like that, or maybe I'm not like that, or I should be more like that, or maybe that's just not right at all. But they think about it, and they're independent, and they're self-assured, which gives them some confidence, and they're not looking to you to be or to complete them. So they're good on their own. They stand on their own. So that's emotional maturity. That's the number one thing we're for all of us. The other thing, next thing we're looking for is openness. So along with this goes maturity part too, of course, but they have to be open for feedback. They want to be, you want to be able to have conversations with them. You want to be able to have a conversation that isn't just, uh-huh, yep, you're right, uh-huh, yep, you're right, just agreeing and nodding your head. They actually want to have, they want to be open to listen and, and open to learning and even potentially changing. They find that you've taught them something or they're learning something that, actually speaks more to them than what their current beliefs. So there's room for growth in this. So this is where you're open and able to grow. To. And I know we probably don't say this when we're talking to our girlfriend or, or buddies or cousins or whoever we talk to about relationships. We probably don't put it in this particular, but we do, you know, always oh, got to be funny or he or she has to be smart or cute or all things. But these are actually the qualities that um, have been studied by psychologists and they found number three is honesty. So obviously, we, we when we talk about somebody, and I and I hope it's obvious, we don't say, "Geez, I'd really like somebody who's who's tall and smart and a complete liar and totally dishonest." That's not what we describe our perfect mate. So we usually do say we want somebody who's honest, and that means obviously somebody who isn't going to be telling fibs and and um, thinking that they can't vote uh, information about what they say, what they say they're going to do, what they actually... So it's trust, and it's really, really, really important. They found with psychology um, for everyday life, they found that it's um, super important when you're choosing a life partner. So you have someone whose actions actually meet their words and someone who's open to how they feel. So to be honest, the fourth one is respectful and sensitive. So this is one of a very valuable characteristic that you're looking for in a partner, respect, respect and being sensitive. And when you find somebody who is, um, you can feel secure in the relationship with, they say that uh, it still allows you to keep yourself independent and keep your entity, which is important. So it's easy to fall in love with somebody who encourages you to do what you up and makes you happy. And uh, I have to quote Christine, our, our, owner of the network when she always says what lights her up and that's really it's made the list that's what it is if somebody lights you up with what they're talking about and they make you happy 
So this same person um, maybe will challenge you when you're engaging uh, in some kind of self-destructive attitude, behavior. Um, they're the one that they can be in, attuned to it and relate things to you in a sensitive way and relatable to you for who you are as an individual. They're not trying to tell you what to do. They're not trying to change you. They're not trying to make you like them or submissive to them. But they are trying to direct you back on track to who you really are and your true self. So they're really, those are really, really key qualities as well. Number five is independent. Believe it or not, we may not know this, but we're looking for somebody who doesn't mend into one person. So we become, when the two of us get together, we become one person. No, we're actually looking for someone who thinks that the relationship is a way for two people to work together and not merge your identity, but instead they want to be able to um, be attracted to each other and still have some independence of your own. Naturally, you're going to merge to some of your lifestyles or uh, some of your eating habits or whatever entertainment, stuff like that. But you want to be able to maintain your individuality, enjoy separate interests with interests that you share with your partners. So you might like country music and he or she might like rock and roll and that's okay. You don't have, one doesn't have to give up one for the other. You want to be able to keep friendships outside of the relationship and always be able to try new things. So you don't have to give up all your friends and spend 100 time with your new partner. And this also helps keep the romance alive and keeps it attractive to each other. So independence is important. So empathetic, that is the next one. Someone who is empathetic. So you, you're not just someone who's a good listener and who's honest and open, but you're also looking for someone who's able to be a good communicator. And with that becomes somebody who's empathetic. So it's really fortunate if you can find someone who's here out and relate to your struggles and when you can talk to them about all the things that make you nervous or make you most vulnerable and you can open up and reveal that to them yourself. And compassion is one of the most important human traits and you should strive for that when you're finding a partner. And that's just as easily felt for, for from you to for them as well. Now, I already mentioned this, but of course we want physical attraction. So physically affectionate. And in, in this kind of goes with physical attraction, but it's not exactly, oh, he's cute, she's, that's it. Physically affectionate. So one of the symptoms that um, people have is a lack of affection between couples. And this doesn't mean you have to be hands and all over each other with public displays of affection every time you're out in public. But there is some part of physical, obviously, that you're looking for in a partner. So, and it's a way for people to stay connected and close to what they love. So keeping your relationship vital and intimate is part of making that, that romance last and that love last. So it's important to choose your partner who accepts love and affection and also giving love and affection. So that's important as well. And you want to be able to keep alive and express them both verbally and physically. So the eighth one, believe it or not, what one do you think is missing? Because I know there's always one that we always say, and I know friends and my uh, family that are looking for partners, they always say they want this too. And it's funny. Somebody with a sense of humor. So that's the number eight that the Psychology for Everyday Life uh, found in their studies about what people are looking for. And some of the sense of humor. Because, you know, they, they say laughter is the best medicine. So when it comes to a relationship, you want to have somebody with the humor. You want someone who has fun, who's going to laugh with you, uh, someone that's easy to be around, be going, willing to laugh at yourself, and um, someone that's 
uh, going to be able to laugh with you. Not not laugh at you, but laugh with you whenever this arises. So we consider a lot of things when we're looking for a partner, and a lot of these are just subconscious. We just we do it, and um, for anybody that's listened to the show or knows me, they might remember how I'm a, I'm a huge fan of Simon Sinek and the Golden Circle and how he talks about our why, how we do our, find our why and all that. And sometimes it's what he talks about is that feeling you get where it just feels right. And a lot of the stuff that we're looking for in a partner is it just feels right. And we might not be able to articulate it as well as um, the psychology tests and the qualities that they found. But these are eight qualities or key eight qualities that people look for in a relationship. So I thought start out that way and we'll say, okay, hey, what are we looking for in a relationship? And then we're going to talk about other important qualities that we're looking for in a relationship. But we're also going to talk about when we come back break, our first break, we're going to talk about um, the top reasons that people want to get married or why they look, why they're looking for a partner to begin with. So those are coming up. We're going to take our first break, believe it or not. We're there already. And then we're going to talk about, get into the financial part, because you know I'm not going to be able to go a whole show on financially speaking without talking about finances, because we always know that somehow, some way, somewhere, it all comes back to the, the finances. And that's not a bad thing. That's just that's just how life goes. And we are just accepting of that. And we know that there's a lot of money out there and it's floating around the universe. And we're just going to have to grab some of that for ourselves. And we're going to talk about that. So you are listening to Financially Speaking with myself, Kathy Cook-Noble, on the Enchoices Network. And we're going to take our first break. And when we come back, we're going to continue to talk about Valentine's Day and whether your Valentine fits your bank account. We'll be right back. Too many of us get caught up in the unreal lives of reality television and complete to acquire stuff, which is setting us up to accumulate lots of debt. We're scared, confused, and don't know who to talk to. By tuning into Financially Speaking Radio Show with financial advisor and educator Kathy Cook-Noble, you'll learn tips you can use to improve your financial health, which in turn can improve your overall health and make for a very happy life. Live a life you can afford and enjoy. It is possible. Listen for Financially Speaking Radio Show every Monday at 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 3 p.m. Central, 2 p.m. Mountain, and 1 p.m. Pacific on InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. This is Financially Speaking Radio Show with financial advisor and educator Kathy Cook-Noble. To participate in the program, call in the U.S. 815-880-8255, Canada 613-800-8736, or Skype us at Inspired Choices Network. You can also make the choice to ask or comment by email by sending to kathy at bookkeepplus.ca. Now back to the program. Welcome back, everyone. I am Kathy Cooknope on the Inspired Choices Network. You are listening to Financially Speaking. And before you went to break, we were talking about romance and Valentine's Day and what qualities that, top qualities that psychologists found that we are actually looking for in a mate, whether or not uh, we know it, which is kind of cool. So we got talking about relationships and I said, you know, naturally it always comes back to money for me. But... When we're talking about money and relationships, do we start to think that they actually go together? 
Like how many people out there get thinking starting to date somebody or somebody wants to introduce you to somebody or um, set you up on a blind date, for example? Many of you think, and I know we, I know as, um, some of my girlfriends, like we joke about, joke about, you know, if he's got any money or how much money he's got and stuff. But the reality is they, they don't usually that. It's usually about, um, you know, if he's single, does he have a job? Has like a sense of humor. And the older you get, the, the different qualities, obviously, you're you're looking for in a partner. But when you're younger, you know, is he cute? <laughs> um, is he nice? Stuff like that. So what are we going to do when we talk about relationships? Well, we're going to go out on that date for the first date because we have to do that to get her. And then we're going to start asking questions, right? You get to know people. You know, what's your favorite color? What kind of movies do you like? What kind of music do you listen to? And all that kind of stuff. Then to... We should have a conversation, and this is not an interview, by the way, are going to ask questions about what's their philosophy on money, what's their goals for the future, and you get into that, maybe not on the very first date when they sit down and you don't pull out a pad and pen, pen and hey, tell me about your books, open up, let's see what your bank account is. Um, that probably isn't the best approach. We do want to have that conversation, and it'll, it'll, it should flow naturally, and from, you know, where, where do you see yourself in the future, work plans. And you'll get to know what their plans are financially because it's very important. And people, uh, people think it's not important because, oh, money is evil and, and all that. It's Money's not evil. Money is money. And I've talked about that before, either, you know, in any of my courses, my clients or on the air. I always, met, I always let people know money is money. Money has no power over us. Money doesn't have any emotions for us. Money doesn't think about us. Money doesn't stay at night worrying about us. Money is money, and there's lots of money out there, and we see lots of people on TV who have lots of money. We see people on TV on the news who don't have lots of money, um, and we see people who are homeless and 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 have no clothes or can't afford food, and then we see other people who have more houses than they really know where they are, and they have and so on and so forth. So there's a lot of money out there and there's a lot of ability for any of us to have as much as we want. It depends on how to go about getting it and how much we want to work for it and, and all those things. But what we want to talk about is how does this money affect our relationships? Well, how many people out there have a relationship or know somebody who's been in a relationship or maybe they're in it now and they fight about money or they can't even ask them about money or what's even worse is I know women who they buy stuff and they're like, oh, don't tell my husband or, or boyfriend because you don't want them to know that you're spending money on stuff. So that is not a healthy and open, honest relationship with money. And it starts with you. It starts with uh, your relationship with money. And we want to look at what your relationship with money is. So how do you have financial independence? Because money is just part of the equation. So if we're going to have financial independence, we want to have a look and say, see, and how that looks to us and what that's going to be as an individual. So for us, financial independence is that you want you want to have a certain income for yourself that potentially um, puts you in a lifestyle you're in now or keeps you in a lifestyle you're in now or puts you in a different kind of lifestyle. But your financial independence is something that you are looking for. So you have an idea before you get into a relationship with someone where you want to be in the future or relationship right now. You know in the back of your mind or in the front of your mind, but you know that it's there somewhere about what kind of lifestyle you want, what kind of house you want, what kind of drive, how many vacations you want to take or don't want to take, 
or how many kids you want to have or how many or cats or horses or goats or guinea pigs or whatever kind of animal you want to have. Or maybe you don't want any of them too. But everybody has an idea. So when we first think, we need to think about ourselves. We need to say, what's our financial independence look like? Uh, and what is independence to us? Is financial independence having three months worth of um, wages saved up? Do you lose your job? No, financial independence is a little bit more than that. Financial independence thing that allows you to really control your money and not have to be responsible to anybody else. So there's a lot of interesting things that happen with financial independence, but you really want to have yourself set up so that you are um, the independence that you can reach is like the ultimate in finance. For yourself, and that is the ability to control your life, not just cover your expenses, not just be able to get over some psychological fears. It's about budgeting your, and I know I don't usually use that word very often, but it's about really budgeting your your finances. It's about saying where the baseline is going to be, what you're willing to, um, what you what your goal is that you have to have, and then your absolute blockbuster. For financial independence, which is the ultimate number you need for your retirement that you can live and comfortably have the rest of your life doing the things that you want to be doing on. So financial independence is your personal number. Now, once we know that, and once we know where we're at, and some financial ind- people, have, financial independence is a million dollars, some is 600000 some is $10 million. It, it doesn't matter. Everybody's different. Like I always say, everybody's different. Everybody, 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 their own goals, even identical twins, are they have their own goals, they have their own ideas. And to get our financial independence figured out for ourselves, we're going to be like, we're going to look at this and say, hey, now, how does that work with a partner? So if we've now got our own financial independence figured out, which means we now have enough to live off without, without working, and that financially independent people are the ones that have assets to generate income, which is cash flow. It's the least, that is the least equal to their expenses, which means they have expenses, so there's always more money than expenses at the end of the month. Um, it's income that you can earn out having to work a job. That's usually called passive income. Um, so, for example, if it was stock or dividends in stocks and you get passive income on that or, or whatever the case may be. But that's finance where you have enough wealth to live on, you don't have to worry about it. So, what's your partner's? So, if you know what yours is, does your partner know what his or hers is? And how does that fit in with you? Because that's a big, big deal to make sure that your financial independence is the same. Because if my financial independence number is a million dollars and husband's financial independence number is $10 million, we are not exactly on the same path to what we consider financial independence. Our, our goals, our motivation is different. Our work ethic will be different. Our acceptance of various um, assets and expenses is going to be different. I might be willing to accept more, um, you know, time off and not take over time and not worry about that stuff because, you know what, I'm getting close to my number anyway, whereas he is going to be in a different mindset than me. So it's important. And I'll tell you why it's important because we went through all these qualities and about the reasons why people don't stay together and why the divorce rate is so high. And that's because people don't talk about things like this. And that's what we're going to talk about. Money's not a, a mystery. It's not a taboo topic. It's scary. It's something that we need to talk about as 
a community, as friends, as partners in a relationship, money needs to just be talked about openly, just like I mean, maybe not entirely the weather because it's got a little bit more to it. We can't control the weather. <laughs> we can't control our money. But we want to be able to talk about money to our partner especially. We can't be scared of it. We can't we can't give money power over us because money, like I said, just money. It doesn't care about us. So we're going to talk about um, a few things. And one of them that I want to talk about, and you guys have heard me say this so many times, you could probably – but track your cash. You need to know where your money is. That is how much money is coming into your house, how much money is going out of your house. You need to know that if you're single. You need to know that if you're in a relationship. You need to know that if you're planning on getting into a relationship. You need to know that if you're planning on getting out of a relationship. So tracking your cash, the number one thing that you want to know, how much money comes in, how much money is going out. What comes in minus what goes out better be positive. So there's money left over at the end of the day because if it's not, then we have to tweak what money is going out or we have to what money is coming in. And by that, I mean you either work more hours, you get a second job, change jobs, you apply for that promotion, whatever the case is. If it's the going out, <laughs> then we're going to look at it and say, what are we spending our money on? And you, anyone out there that's we talk about money knows that one of the big ones is eating out and fast food. So when you start to really track it, you see a lot more, then there's lots of things we can do. And my favorite thing is just to get a gift card. So if your budget allows you to have $50 a month, for example, and you go to your favorite restaurant or coffee shop every day, then you get $50. And you know what? When that $50 is done, if you use it all in the first week, I don't care if you use it all in the last week, I don't care if you use it all all month. But it, when you and it's gone, that's it. It's over. No more eating out until the next month. You got to wait because you got a card. So those are some simple tricks that we talk about with money and what's important. But we know if our Valentine matches our bank account because if our goal for our financial independence is the million dollars, like I mentioned, then we need to know what our partner's goal is. Because if it doesn't match, we're gonna we're gonna be in conflict at some point. So here's the way I look at things. It's so much easier to deal with it now and deal with it head on than it is to worry about it, about it, get an ulcer, not sleep right, not eat right because you're so stressed and worried about it and eventually have to deal with it anyway. So let's, uh, what is it, Brian Tracy, eat the, eat the, eat that frog. I think that where you eat, eat the frog, meaning you take your, your most worrisome, difficult, stressful challenge and you do it first. Just do it and get it over with. And I find a lot is money related when I talk to people. So if you're stressed about money or you want to know or you're not sure, but I think, you know, I want to talk, you you got to have this conversation awkward, then you just say that, hey, let's just have an awkward conversation about money. And then you bring it to the forefront and laugh about it and talk about it together. But um, those are just some ideas and some samples about you having to get your financial house in order first because we're in a relationship then you are working together and it is a, a partnership and that partnership needs to have the strongest part of you. So you want to bring yourself to the the part, the most organized and the strongest that you can possibly be. And that's what you want from somebody else. So what you ask of them, you need to provide yourself. So when we come back, we're going to talk about why relationships fail and what we need to do about that. And 
talk about our money, of course. Listening to Financially Speaking with myself, Kathy Cook-Noble, on the Inspired Choices Network. And we, when we return, we're going to continue to talk about Valentine's Day, the romance of money, and whether our Valentine matches our bank account. We'll be right back. Too many of us get caught up in the unreal lives of reality television and complete to acquire stuff, which is setting us up to accumulate lots of debt. We're scared, confused, and don't know who to talk to. By tuning into Financially Speaking Radio Show with financial advisor and educator Kathy Cook-Noble, you'll learn tips you can use to improve your financial health, which in turn can improve your overall health and make for a very happy life. Live a life you can afford and enjoy. It is possible. Listen for Financially Speaking Radio Show every Monday at 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 3 p.m. Central, 2 p.m. Mountain, and 1 p.m. Pacific on InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. Are you a subject matter expert? Are you here to share your expertise with an audience waiting to hear from you in only the way you can deliver? Are you ready to have your voice amplified across the airwaves? Inspired Choices Network has a global radio platform streaming to millions of people across the world. Professionally produced and supported by an accomplished team every step of the way, you can broadcast from anywhere in the world knowing your voice matters and we ensure it is delivered with ease and efficiency. Eager to hear your message, the world awaits. Contact us today to become an Inspired Choices Network radio host. Email becomeahost at inspiredchoicesnetwork.com. This is Financially Speaking Radio Show with financial advisor and educator Kathy Cook Noble. To participate in the program, call in the U.S. 815-880-8255, Canada 613-800-8736, or Skype us at Inspired Choices Network. You can also make the choice to ask or comment by email by sending to Kathy at bookkeepplus.ca. Now back to the program. Welcome back, everyone. I am Cassie on the Inspired Choices Network. And today we're talking about whether or not our Valentine matches the bank account. And before we went to break, we talked about the reasons why we be our best financial self before we get into a relationship. But moving on, let's pretend that we are all, and by pretend I mean we will be if we're not right there, but we're going to assume that we are. And because I want financial independence for everybody out there listening, that we're going to look at ourselves. We're going to say, okay, we're, we've got our financial house in order. We're financially independent we, or, or we're on the path to financial independence. We have our path for it and our plans in place. We found a partner. So this is great. Romance is happening. It's Valentine's Day. We've gone out. We're going to go out on our date. I got a Valentine's wonderful. Now, have we talked to our partner about money? And like I said before, most people don't, most people don't and they avoid it. But this is why I want you to talk to him tonight or her tonight or as soon as possible. I want you to bring the conversation up because I want to tell you about a survey that took place just in, the, in 2017. So not that long ago, um, 68% they they had 3,010 people at this survey and 68% of the respondents said they would rather reveal how much they weigh than how much money they have in their savings account. And I know for women, guys not so much, but women, that's a big deal. So 
They'd rather tell you way than how much money they have saved. So the other part of this um, survey, what 42% of the respondents, 42% of 3,010 people, so almost half, said that they feel anxious and depressed when they think about their future. And another 11% said they felt, eh, okay. But there was nobody outstanding with it, right? So what happens with couples when we talk about money? Like we talked about, it creates undue stress and it creates undue pressure and all kinds of other issues that come from it. Now, people are often, and I see this time, so for those of you out there, you know that I'm a financial advisor and a bookkeeper and my, I have a financial practice deal with all spectrums of finances. And one of the biggest thing I do find is people are embarrassed when to reveal either the fact that they have debt or how big the debt is or how long it or how that debt's comprised. Embarrassment is probably one of the biggest they stress about with their with their finances. So they're afraid because it's going to be uncomfortable. All kinds of excuses we come up with why we don't talk about certain things like our health or eating the right thing or going to the gym and exercising the right times. But there's a lot of excuses we come up with about talking about money. And this is a big, giant problem. So we want to talk as soon as we can with our partner about money. And again, this is somebody that we're looking to spend our future with. This isn't a first date necessarily, but this is somebody that we've been dating and we're interested in and we're thinking maybe we're spending more time with them. So we definitely want to talk to them about money because when we don't, it's like either anything else that causes you stress, it snowballs out of control in your mind and it causes a lot of unnecessary and undue anxiety. So what do we want to talk about with people? We want to talk to our partner about why we want to talk to them about money because now we can both keep an eye on our money. And it's important for both of us to be aware and on the same page. It makes accomplishing our long a lot easier. If we both have the same goals, we both know what direction we're going in and how we're going to get there, accomplishing our goals is a lot easier. And that could be paying down debt, saving for retirement, a new job, changing careers, um, whatever, moving to a bigger house, smaller house, new car, buying a, an older car, downsizing, upgrading, whatever the case is. So it just makes our long-term goals easier to accomplish. What else does it do? It might reveal unexpected benefits. So economically, being a couple opens each other up to optional to both members of the party. So for instance, if you have a couple and one's a freelancer, a salaried employee, the freelancer can get health benefits of the employed person for than getting their own benefits. So then we start to talk about it. Well, geez, you know what, I do have benefit work and you could be on my benefits. So now you're covered and you don't have to go and get your own policy. Money when you don't have to buy your own policy, right? And it gives you better health coverage. So things that we really want to, just a small thing, but it saves money and it's a huge protection. The other, the other um, characteristic is it can improve your trust and the quality of your relationship. So honest vacation, their foundations, we talked about that, of a solid relationship. Honesty was on our top quality we're looking for in a person. And that's especially true when it comes to money. So again, our psychology studies that were done, they found a major strain in the relationship was when both partners were hiding aspects of their... Remember I said to you, I know people that, oh, don't tell my husband I bought this or don't, you know, throw out the receipt before I... I got to throw out the receipt before I take the new clothes into or whatever the case is. That does not help the relationship whatsoever and it doesn't help with the trust or the quality of the relationship. The other thing, the other um, quality that we really want to look at is 
It opens the line of communication early for an easier time down the road. So you feel every single thing, like I said, on your first date. Don't open up your bank book and start telling <laughs> telling this potential date that you're going to have this much money or you have this much debt or anything. However, it doesn't hurt to start talking about it as soon as you can, even in a lighthearted way. You don't need to know how much they make or how much they have investors that they have right away. But you do want to talk about it because if you bring up the conversation and that person gets really tense or shuts down and doesn't want to talk about it, well, then you know that you have a problem down there. So and you, once you get that conversation going and you start to talk about it, regular check-ins with your partner to talk about your finances and see where you're at. It, it brings you closer together. It's relatively painless. It's easy to put your money. Um, you can have set up things called money dates where you sit down and say, hey, okay, it's nice that we look over our, our cash that's coming in and our cash is going out and see what we can do or you know, see how our investments are doing, if we're doing those, and if we're not doing those, when are we going to start and how are we going to start? So you just make it fun. Everybody has date night, money night. So, I mean, what's more fun than talking about money, right? So I talk about it all the time. <laughs> and I, I just think the best thing anybody else could do is get as excited talking about it and as comfortable talking about it. So there's no problem. So what what are some of the we – ha, we have to talk about this because I'll tell you, one of – biggest problems that we have in North America, I think, is the divorce rates high. And it's always been high. It's been high for a really long time. But for the first time, so this is from CBC in Canada. It was from 2010. But it was the first, it says the first time in Canadian history, there are more than legally married people age 15 or over in Canada. Like, that's kind of incredible about it. Because people used to get married all the time, you know, either in their 20s usually when you finish school and, and you start a family and, and that's not happening anymore. So things are changing. Tradition is changing. The definition of family is changing. And four in the first, this is kind of funny for not funny is, but just ironic, I guess. But when they talk about marriages, they talk about first marriage. So the four in 10 first marriages ending in divorce. So keeping statistics on the second and third marriage and so on and so forth. So, when we're talking about it's a very, very real thing that you could get married and not live happily forever and ever, amen, or you could be married to somebody who's already been married. It may be your first marriage, but it might not be their first marriage. That's not uncommon either anymore. So it's super important that we talk about money because now we've got all kinds of other external issues that are into play. So when I talk about money, it's not just all fun and games. I mean, honestly, it really is. But to some people, it doesn't feel like fun and games because it feels fun and and stressful. But I would love for everybody to get comfortable money, and then it'd be easy to talk to other people about their their money because it's just you just understand it. You make time for it for yourself once a month to go through it, and you just have good control of it. And then it's fun. And how much fun do you think you would have? You get control of your money instead of shying away from it, opening up your bank statement with one eye and then the other because you're scared to see what's there. How cool would it be if you were just watching your bank statement grow and grow and grow or your investments grow and grow? It's exciting. Or if you have debt and you're seeing it get paid down, how cool is that? That's so much fun. So, And I know people are thinking, oh, what? Like, what are you talking about? But when you think about it, if you could see all that, if you owe $30,000 in school student loans, and you see it going down to 29000 to 28500 
it's got to it's going to give you a bit of a boost. Now you know it's not going to be paid off tomorrow, but you have a plan, and you know because you have a plan that paid off at a certain date in the future, and you're going to watch that number just go down and go down. And then you're also investing your money or you're saving your money or whatever you're doing, and you're watching that number go up. You can see it happening, and it just makes things so much nicer and less stressful. And it takes the pressure off you as a person, which takes the pressure off you as a couple. So that makes the relationship stronger. It makes it more transparent. We tell all the qualities we're looking for in somebody. So it just makes it so much easier to look at just those qualities and not be worried about the money because we already know what that is. So we're going to take our final break of the night. And when we come back, we are going to wrap up our conversation about Valentine's Day and the and the romance of Valentine's Day and the fear of money. And we want to make sure our Valentine matches our bank account. So we'll take a break of the night. We'll come back and we'll finish up our conversation about Valentine's Day and money. You're listening to the Inspired Choices Network with myself, Kathy Cook-Noble, on Financially Speaking. And when we come back, we will continue to talk about love in the air and money in our wallets. We will be right back. Too many of us get caught up in the unreal lives of reality television and complete to acquire stuff, which is setting us up to accumulate lots of debt. We're scared, confused, and don't know who to talk to. By tuning into Financially Speaking Radio Show with financial advisor and educator Kathy Cook-Noble, you'll learn tips you can use to improve your financial health, which in turn can improve your overall health and make for a very happy life. Live a life you can afford and enjoy. It is possible. Listen for Financially Speaking Radio Show every Monday at 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 3 p.m. Central, 2 p.m. Mountain, and 1 p.m. Pacific on InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. This is Financially Speaking Radio Show with financial advisor and educator Kathy Cook-Noble. To participate in the program, call in the U.S. 815-880-8255, Canada 613-800-8736, or Skype us at Inspire Choices Network. You can also make the choice to ask or comment by email by sending to kathy at bookkeepplus.ca. Now back to the program. Welcome back, everyone. I am Kathy Cook on the Inspired Choices Network. You are listening to Financially Speaking, and today we're talking about Valentine's Day and our love of our partner and our love of money and financial independence. And we're making sure that that Valentine matches our bank account because we know how important that is. So I want to share with you a scenario and tell me if this doesn't sound familiar. And I know you can think of it either personally or from somebody that you know. And you know you're in a relationship. You know, things aren't going great for you and your spouse. And your partner seemed a little bit aloof and resentful last time you talked. And like always, you expect to come around, let go of whatever steam they're building up and become their normal self with time. And I say that loosely. And instead, one day you come home, you find their clothes are gone from the closet and their piece of paper on the table, which is a divorce notice, or they're waiting there and they tell you that they want a divorce. Do you this scenario could transpire into your life it happens a lot in North America and it's totally not uncommon that couples fight they make up they fight they make up and then finally they just they've had it they wake up and they're done 
and they're not going to keep getting the fight back together and, and they just are done. And what happens is they just, they don't talk about it and they don't communicate. And we want to make sure that we're not neglecting our relationship issues. You never know what the other person thinks because you're not asking or talking about them. And the top most common reasons for divorce in North America are number one, number one reason is infidelity. So obviously we know it is when one person is unfaithful to the other. That's the number one reason for divorce. Two reasons for divorce is money. Money. So <laughs> the saying, they say money makes people funny, and that's the saying on how it goes. But the truth, people have arguments about money, but they don't talk about money. So that's what we've been talking about tonight. We're going to talk about money. We're going to bring up the conversation. We're going to bring it up slowly. You know, we're not going to jump right into a full analysis of your bank account, you know, 20 minutes into our first date. But we're going to talk, we're going to, we're going to mention money and, oh, maybe you do it in a way like you've ta- heard about friends or that you just heard of something interesting on the news or what's your thoughts about this. And it doesn't have to be absolutely in depth at the beginning, but we're just going to gently plant seeds for it because everything is affected when it comes to money. I mean, I always joke that everything comes back to, but it's really not a joke. It's true. And it's not in a bad way or an evil way or an unhealthy way. It's in a way it is. We need we need air to breathe and we need money to pay for our rent and buy us food as it is. So the third reason that people that is cited for the third reason most common uh, uh, citing is lack of communication. We're not <clears throat> so we're not talking about money and then we just stop talking and we're yelling and we're not thinking through any particular issues. But a lot of it is not communicating about me, which is important. The fourth is constant arguing. So you go from bicker about who's taking out the garbage to who's picking up the kids to who's responsible for doing groceries. So you start arguing all the time. That's number four for the most common reasons. Now, number five, ready, this is true, is weight gain. I know it sounds superficial and everything, but it's actually true. In some cases... And I know we've heard of celebrities who actually have that in a prenup where they're not allowed to get outside of a certain weight range, both men and women. So that's the number five reason for divorce. Number six is unreal expectations. And I think that comes through with our lack of conversation, our lack of communication. So make sure that any expectations, because we've talked to these persons, we don't want to be let down. Because like I mentioned before, if your financial dependence number is a million and his or hers is 10, then you're comp- and you're the one that's got the million dollar expectation, well, you're completely let down and disappointed when you, that's not what your partner is. So we need to make sure we communicate well and, and have conversations so that we have realistic expectations. Number seven is lack of intimacy, whether it's emotional. They said it's, it's just lack of intimacy. Making your relationship intimate and special is the responsibility of partners, not just one. The eighth reason for common common reason for divorce is lack of quality. You're in it together. So it's not yours, it's not mine, it's ours. And that's what you want to make sure that we're looking at. Number nine is not being prepared for marriage. It's a surprise how many couples are are not ready to get married. They'll say, oh, geez, I didn't know, I wasn't ready. And that's why this is incredibly wild to me, almost half to occur in the first 10 years of marriage, especially between year four and so between your fourth and eighth year anniversary, that's typically when they 
they uh, are interested in talking about divorce. Don't talk about anything up till then, but then they'll talk about divorce. Or they'll just leave a note or somebody serves. The final number 10 reason is abuse. And that could cool or emotional. So those are the top 10 reasons for divorce. Not to to sing or <laughs> or leave anybody where they shouldn't be dating or thinking that. But uh, just it's fairness, right? It's all about knowing what you know and knowing what you don't know and just learning. So have a conversation up. Because there's a lot of great things about finding your perfect mate or your, and by perfect, I mean perfect for you. The expectations are not that they are perfect, that he or she will never make a mistake, that they're perfect for you. You know what to expect. You, you align with reality of your expectations. You guys that you have had conversations, you're able to talk openly, any conversation. And it's, it's so exciting for me when I hear, I have couples that I'll, I'll talk to about their finances and, They'll say they can talk about anything. They can almost finish each other's sentences, and they're usually on the page about stuff, but there's no topic that they can't talk about, and they're comfortable talking about anything, and that's really, really cool. So that's, you know, ultimately what you want to strive for. Um, <clears throat> and I'm finally just going to leave you with some qualities that you might be able to spot early on, and this is what researchers and psychologists say is what we're really It's kindness, loyalty, and understanding, not looks. Not status and, and that kind of thing, but but actual hardcore emotion. You want similarity, things that you have in common. Consciousness. Christine is going to love that this made the top the top five. Conscious. It's about being reliable, practical, following the rules, being organized, um, good long term mate. Oh, consciousness. The fourth one is emotional stability, and then finally the belief that the relationship takes work. And by work, it's not that you have to have a full-time job. It's not that thing. But it takes work. It means it's not all about you. It's about you as a couple. And you're going to the time to talk to each other and make sure that you're aligned and, and you're on the with each other. You're supporting each other. You're there for each other. You can talk to each other but without feeling like you're being judged or um, disappointed, you know, disappointing the other because you didn't know something or you made a mistake on something or it's somebody that you can ask for help. Those are all relationship ideas in general. But when you're going to find a life partner that you're going to be spending an awful lot of time with, we can be afraid to talk to them about everything and we certainly can't be afraid to talk to them about money because if we are, we become one of those statistics. Typically in the first 10 years of marriage, remember between the fourth and the eighth anniversary where you just, decide it's easier to divorce than it is to have a conversation about money. And that's the we just think is so sad because it's just money. It's just a conversation and it's just taking a few moments. Having said all that, finding a partner is wonderful and I wish everyone that's looking for somebody is successful. They enjoy Valentine's Day. They buy chocolates. They buy flowers. They go out for dinner if that's what you like. Or you go for a walk and you make dinner at home if that's what you like. So wishing you all a very happy Valentine's Day, which is coming up, and we will see you again on the Financially Speaking and Inspired Choices Network. Thank you for choosing to listen to Financially Speaking Radio Show. Kathy Cook-Noble will return next Monday at 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 3 p.m. Central, 2 p.m. Mountain, and 1 p.m. Pacific on InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. We hope you'll join us. Until then, have the best week of your life.